my rule is always three. So I have three absolute tasks that I'm going to do today before the day's over. I'm going to get done because as I accomplish those tasks, I mark them off is what I do. You can also put a check mark by it. But, but that means I won the day. I told myself I was going to have three things I was going to accomplish that day before the day was over. I accomplished them. I won the day. Like, what else can you do? Like, if you win every single day, you're going to win the weeks. You win the weeks, you win the months, you win the months, you're going to win the years, you win the years, you're going to have a hell of a life, like is my real firm belief. So it's all about what we do today. So the big question is this, how do small business owners like us grow our business, grow our leadership and develop our teams in a way that allows us to get our products and services out of the world, yet still remain profitable? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Bradley Hamner, and this is the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Hey, before we get into today's episode, did you know that Club Capital is the largest accounting and advisory firm for insurance agency owners in the country, providing monthly accounting, CFO services, and tax preparation? Check them out at club.capital. Chris, I really enjoyed this podcast with Michael. A lot of really key takeaways, a lot of one-liners that we picked up on. Two things that really stood out. Number one, he talks about the importance of habits and how habits form your routines. And then number two, the importance of a daily discipline and structure to your day, specifically in the morning and how he structures his day. Chris, what's a couple of things you picked up with? A new meaning for IPAs. IPAs no longer mean Indian Pale for me, but rather they mean income-producing activities. So thank you, Michael Weaver, for that. I'm going to use that everywhere. And also do not break integrity with yourself, which goes like right along what you were saying, Bradley. Every day, write down what you want to accomplish, do it, and do not break integrity with yourself. So I'm super pumped about this. Let's get into it. Google makes it easy. Swipe a card, pay for marketing. Sure, you get a few more phone calls, but they have nothing to do with your business. The truth is Google can't understand the buyer's intent. Enter Matt and Maddie Jonesa, the husband-wife duo adding intention to your online marketing game. As a State Farm agent himself, Matt built his business by maximizing the volume and quality of inbound calls. His success led to the creation of DirectClicks, a company helping insurance agents across the country grow their business through online campaigns. They focus on Google ads so you don't have to spread your budget across the internet. With attention to detail and transparency, they provide monthly review calls exclusivity, and the lowest cost per click. So before you swap that card, contact Matt and Maddie Jones at directclicksinc.com. Again, that's directclicksinc.com. Michael, glad to have you on the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Hey, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Awesome to be here. Looking forward to talking to you guys. Absolutely, sir. Welcome to the hot seat. Michael, for people that don't know you, don't know your story, why don't you just give a little bit about your background, how you got started with your insurance agency, what you're doing now, a little bit about you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great question. So honestly, how I even got started in insurance business, I don't think anyone, I guess some people grow up saying, hey, I want to be an insurance agent, but I was not that guy. Never it even crossed my mind. I needed to fulfill an internship in college. So I went around knocking on bank stores, agent stores an agent I really liked. He told me no. The first day, went back the next day, showed up again and basically told him, hey man, I'm going to show up every day till you give me a job because one, you guys seem like cool cats. Two, I need an internship. I got to get something to mark this bad boy off. So that's how my career originally got started. Kind of fell in love with it over the summer. He offered me a job. So worked with an agent shortly after college. 
for about two and a half to three years, learning the ins and outs of the business. Started my agency April of 14, and it's been awesome, man. We've been blessed. It's an amazing career thus far and definitely looking forward to the future. And so the agency's been awesome. Me and my wife, we tackled it in the beginning. We tackled it together, started a new market scratch agency, no guaranteed income. She quit her job, put all of our effort into that. And about two years into it, she left, started her own business, which is awesome. She's flourishing in that, which really forced me to hey, how can I tackle this? How can I make it easier on myself? And obviously that's when, as we've kind of talked a little bit about prior, that's when Weaver Sales Academy was formed, which is a sales training and coaching firm for insurance professionals. And it helps give the agent time back in the office by training their team, giving them processes and systems that work. And so now I run two successful businesses that have been awesome. Great, man. Well, you've been highly successful in your own insurance agency. What are a few things that you could share with somebody that's just starting their agency? That is a fantastic question because everyone always asks, if you could go back and change, what would you do differently? And there's a lot of stuff that I would do the same and do differently. But I think that there is no magic bullet. There is no secret to success. In my opinion, it all comes down to today. What are we doing today? Yesterday is over. Tomorrow doesn't matter. What are we going to do today? And it's funny you asked me this question because I was just thinking like if I had to give somebody advice and to be successful, I think one leadership, the ability to create the culture, that winning culture you're going for, the ability to delegate, the ability to create clarity is always awesome. The second thing I always tell people is obviously grit. You got to have grit, the ability to work and work and work to achieve a goal, not make any excuses at all. So you've got leadership, you've got grit. And then the next thing I would tell you about was going to be processes and systems. So processes and systems are huge for an office because yes, that kind of falls under leadership, but the ability to have a systematic office to where everyone in the office knows what they're supposed to be doing. You just can't have a process for here and there. You got to have a process for everything. My firm belief when I started the agency was, McDonald's. doesn't matter if you're at McDonald's in California, you're at McDonald's in New York. A double cheeseburger tastes the same regardless. It's made the same regardless. And that's really what I wanted to create from day one. And obviously it takes a lot of work, but I figured if I can create processes and systems, because my whole goal as a insurance professional is not just to be an insurance agent, it's to be a successful business owner. And that's different for everyone. But what a successful business owner looks like to me is someone that can create a business and that business flourishes regardless if they're day in and day out putting in the hours. And so fast forward six and a half, seven years and it's been a blessing. And I really believe that those three things are key to running a successful business, in my opinion. You know, it's funny you bring up leadership. Obviously, the name of the podcast is the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. But who in your life influenced you either at a young age or during your agency business career to really have the most influence on your leadership in the past? And who influences you today? I don't necessarily think leaders are born. I think now some people have that ability to lead, to communicate, to get people to follow them. But a lot of my development came from just personal, professional development, reading a lot of books, trial and error, obviously surrounding myself with like-minded individuals, other business owners that I knew had been successful, not so much just in the insurance profession, 
but just people that have been really successful, the most successful people I knew. And so I reached out to them in the very beginning and asked, hey, how do you lead people? How do you manage people? How do you motivate people? And so obviously, I think that was key, especially early on in my career, since I was only a 26 year old. I mean, 26 years old, I barely know what I'm doing. And so to go in, run a business, have my back against the wall, get people on board wanting to run through walls for me, just like I would run through a wall for them. I think that it's a combination of things, but a lot of development. Just I'm a big reader. I try to read 50, 60 books a year, obviously just not over leadership, but that investing in yourself through different types of courses, whether it's a Grant Cardone, whether it's a John Maxwell, Brian Tracy, um, really big into self-development because my firm belief is if you're either getting better or you're getting worse, there is no middle road to this game. So just always trying to push the envelope and get as good as I can and surrounding myself with like-minded individuals that I know have been successful and just always continuously trying to learn from them and grow. So I actually knew going into this before we talked that we were going to talk about systems and processes. I know that was going to come up. And so what are like some of the basic, maybe two or three of the most important systems and processes that are the foundational systems and processes that an agency owner needs to have in their business Absolutely. No question about it. What are some of those? Because I mean, that gets thrown around a lot. A lot of people talk about systems and processes, but very few people actually really then get into, well, this is the system or this is the process that you need to have. Yeah. So processes and systems wise, there's obviously a few crucial or critical systems I would recommend. So first and foremost, we're a sales organization. You have to have good sales conversation processes and systems. At the end of the day, we're in the people business. You just can't have word tracks. You got to be able to have conversations. And so conversations are made from training. So you have to have a good process and system around the training because the training is what's going to produce that sells conversation. And it doesn't matter if you're talking the multi-line auto fire conversation, if you're talking an appointment conversation, everything should be done in an office in a similar fashion. I don't care if you've got XYZ in your office. My opinion, everyone should sound the same. Now, not like robots, but sound the same with their own personality spin to it. And the reason why I say conversations are probably the first process or system is because one conversations or sales conversations is what's going to bring income in the door. That's what's going to keep the agency growing, paying you for the rest of your career. And so consistent conversations are going to produce consistent results. Consistent results are magical because that provides clarity. Not only is it going to provide clarity to you, the agent in the office so that you can do numbers and figure out, Hey, if I have a 20% closing ratio as an office, so we're having a consistent conversation. That means everyone has a 20% closing ratio, which means if we want to write one household a day, everyone needs to do five quotes a day. So 15 quotes between three people for three households a day. Boom, makes the math easy on for the leader in the office for the agent. Also, the clarity though with the sales conversations provides to the team because when you have a consistent conversation and everyone sounds the same, everyone on the team now understands this is how we do things. If somebody sounds different, somebody cheats because they think they've got an easy sell, the team can hold the team accountable. I've never been one that likes to be the bad guy, likes to be just that micromanager. I would rather develop a culture that, hey, there's a certain way to do things because the way of doing things produces results and we all need to be on the same page here. So I think a process and system around a good value-based multi-line sales conversation where you take the money out of the equation is a great process and system. 
I hit on training. I think you got to be training. I think one thing I did really well from the very beginning is every day for a minimum of 15 minutes, my team trains every single day. That's just a process I implemented in the office. We're always trying to sharpen the saw, get better. Another process and system that I really like is it involves team meetings. So like I hit on earlier, if there's one thing I could go back and change early on in my career, it would have been meeting one-on-one with people, with my people, with my team early on in my career. I used to meet one-on-ones once a month and I thought that that was good. Now with me not being in the office as much, I meet with my team one-on-one. So one person every single day. And so the gist of this conversation is meet with your people at least once a week, one-on-one not just to talk business, but to form that relationship, build rapport. How's the spouse doing? How are the kids doing? What do you got planned this weekend? And then, yes, of course, you're going to talk about business. How can I help you as a leader? How can I help you be as successful in this position as possible? What help do you need from me? Are you maximizing your commission structure? Are you doing what it takes on a daily basis to be successful? And so, I think the team meeting thing goes overlooked, especially the one-on-ones, but that's been a game changer in my agency the last, I implemented that about three years ago and to see how the culture formed. I mean, my team, I always tell people, I would run through a brick wall for every single person on my team and I truly believe they would do the same for me. And when you have a culture like that, that wants to win for each other, it's really, really hard to beat. I mean, I could go on and on with processes and systems. That's just how my brain works. But when I narrow it down or the things that I think are really helpful, team meetings are going to provide clarity. It's going to build that relationship. Sales conversations are what's going to produce income. Training is what's going to sharpen the saw. So I think those two or three things are really beneficial. Are you an agency owner looking to grow your revenue and increase your bottom line? Club Capital is here to help. Built for agents by agents. So we know your struggles. With accounting, payroll, and HR solutions, tax services, analytics, and more, let's get you on the path to serious success. Using data-driven insights, you'll grow your business based on revenue and expense comparisons alongside your top performing peers. With over $100 million in tracked annual revenue and $70 million in tracked annual expenses, we have the data to help you make better informed decisions for your agency. Let's make your back office less of a hassle and more of the strategic generator that powers the growth to take your agency and your leadership to the next level. Visit club.capital today to book your complimentary, no obligation demo. Club Capital, way more than a CPA firm. So value-based sales conversations, training, obviously you've made it a habit. Excellence is what you do that whatever you make a habit. And then I totally agree with you on the one-to-ones. And so that's actually in our coaching program. It's one of the things that we talk about quite a bit is meeting with the team on a weekly basis. I totally agree with that. Having those one-to-ones is something that is one of the most basic things, but it actually gets overlooked quite often. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I'll go ahead and actually say team meetings in general. So four years ago is when we implemented my daily huddle strategy to where my team has two daily huddles a day. And so that means every single morning for 8.45 to 9 o'clock in our first team huddle, the team talks about income producing activities. We call them IPAs. Because in our business, I really believe, yes, we are in the most difficult sales, I think, environment, sales industry in the world. I really believe that. But what we do actually on a daily basis 
I don't think it's actually all that hard to be successful. It all comes down to focus. And if you're meeting with your team every day, and it doesn't got to be a long meeting, for 10, 15 minutes every single day, and everyone's on the same page as to, hey, what production do we have in the works? What life do we have in the works? What new households? What appointments? Well, guess what? What you constantly talk about, what you constantly focused on, that's what's going to happen. So the flip side to this, okay, if you always are talking about the negatives, if you're always talking about, oh man, this just isn't going well, or this customer's a pain, or man, this claim's just going sideways, guess what? You're not talking about the right things. So you're not going to get the results you want. And so the biggest thing with team meetings is keep those things positive, keep them direct, always be talking. In those team meetings, I always talk about the three activities that my office tracks on a daily basis. And so we're always focused on how can we get better? How can we help more people? What do we have in the works? And so with us constantly talking about that, that's what happens in the agency. Who doesn't like a good IPA either? I mean, I like That's, Bell's Two-Hearted <laughs> IPA. So, you know, income-producing activities or an IPA beer. I mean, whatever. That's absolutely right. I'm a New England guy myself. New England-style IPA. I, I dig them. I hear you. Well, number one thing that I will say is that I'm going to steal this. It's probably going to be a tweet or something that I share on LinkedIn. But I'm basically going to say that income-producing activity are the only IPAs that I want to be talking about going forward. I can dig that. Uh, something like that. like that, you know, something along those lines, you know. But don't worry, I'm going to give you credit, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shoot, man. No, that's awesome. So a couple of things that come to mind when speaking to you, like I'm listening to you speak and I'm seeing you because we're recording this and your mannerisms, your tone of voice, how you communicate. It sounds to me like you're a very personable person, have been very persistent from the jump because you were saying how you were basically telling this guy, like, I'm going to come here every day until you give me an internship to that original agent that you interned with. So how did you develop those soft skills? Because those are very important skills when you are going to be a leader, like you talked about it earlier, being persistent and being able to build a culture. So is that innate or is that something that you developed over time? I think it's both probably nature and nurture, Mm -hmm. probably if we want to go to that. So I think my competitive side, the athlete in me, that's what taught me the persistence, the grit. When an opportunity presents itself, you always go out. And you, if you don't go out and get the opportunity, somebody else is going to get it. And so um, that's just how it is. In sports, like I was just actually talking to a buddy yesterday, and it's like he was a linebacker, and he's actually considering opening up his own business. So he called me for some advice, and I'm like, look, man, if you're passionate about this and you know this is what you want, when you were playing football, a quarterback made an error and threw a ball your way. Are you just going to bat it down? No, you're going to pick it and take it for six because we're trained killers. Like that's what we're supposed to do. And so it's the same thing with you talking about persistency. Like that's that grit factor. I think all of us, if you're going to own your own business, if you're going to be successful, you have these goals that you've set out, no matter how big or how small, you got to create a game plan and then you got to do whatever it takes for however long to get it done. And so that's really where that persistency comes in. And then, so I think that may be, I don't know if that's nature or nurture, but I think the personable side of me, I think that more so goes back to, because if you do any research on humans, really the six months to six year old and really even younger than that, that's when a lot of the personality is formed. So 
you could argue that nature or nurture depending, but you learn what you see, but you also learn by trial and error as a baby. So that is a fantastic question. And I don't know which one to contribute to. I think it goes back to both, like just that nature and nurture of, hey, these are life experiences. That's part of why I even got into the financial type of advisor role, the insurance roles, because of some life experiences I saw just growing up very blue collar, middle of nowhere mm-hmm. town, small town. I knew I wanted a lot for my life, seeing with my parents, like we were fine, blue collar, but not that they didn't struggle. And I would have never known that then. But now looking back, it's like, wow, like they definitely did a lot for us and made the most out of everything. And so, and that's a lot of that burning passion why as to why I've got so many big goals. And so I don't know if I'm kind of starting to ramble now, so I don't mean to do that, but I think it's a mixture of both, I guess you could say. No, and uh, believe me, I don't mind at all. Like this is genuine. And this is like why people listen to podcasts, you know, because you get to, listen to something that's not scripted. Like it's actually Michael Weaver speaking, how Michael Weaver speaks on a regular basis. And something that I found incredibly impressive, this is a behavior that I see across top performance in all fields is being a self-development junkie and reading a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, 50 to 60 books a year, which I have made that commitment to myself, but it's hard to, it's hard to stay consistent and to basically read a book a week even a book a week, that's only 52 books. So that leads into my following question, which is how do you structure your day and how do you make time to actually read 50 to 60 books and then run a business, be a husband, take care of your puppies, be a leader, have a social life, if you could please shed some light into that. Absolutely. So, and I actually just wrote a book called Game Changer, taking your insurance agency to the next level. And I actually hit on this in a couple of chapters. So there's a couple things you just asked me that I want to tackle in this question. So first and foremost, people always argue, so time, we all got the same 24 hours in the day. And so you're going to make time for what's important to you. There's no such thing as I don't have enough time. It's all about what's important to you and what you make a priority. So let's just chalk that one up as that's my firm belief. Like if it's important to you, it's going to get done. If it's not important to you, it's not going to get done. Also, I'm a big believer. There is no such thing as a work-life balance. Okay. Like it's all a life balance, baby. Like it is all a life balance. Like work is part of that life balance. Being a great father is part of that balance. Being a great spouse is part of that balance. Being able to travel and enjoy yourselves. That's part of that balance. And so a lot of people get hung up on work-life balance. And I think we all go through different seasons in our life. And I think that that's okay. And I think that just has to be communicated with those that are important to you. Like, hey, this next three months, this season of my life, I'm going to be working 16, 18 hours a day. So if I'm not at home as much, that's why. Or if I don't see him as the typical Michael, I would be, this is just really important to me. This is why. So I think that's really important to address in that question as well. Now to go back on routine, I think being successful is all about creating good habits that then turn into great routines and then just repeating them on a daily basis. And so if you need more time in a day, get up earlier or stay up later. I'm a morning person. So I try to get up between four and five every single day. Alarm goes off. That's the first indicator. Like don't break integrity with yourself. That's the first promise of the day. I set my alarm. I intend to get up. And to be honest with you, to just to be vulnerable, this is one I really, really struggle with. Like, yeah, I'm a morning person and I'm very good in the morning, but that whole getting out of a warm bed, man, the alarm goes off. It's so easy to hit snooze. Like that's one of my challenges every single morning, but I don't like breaking integrity with myself to start the day. So I try to put my phone or my alarm clock somewhere that actually forces me to get up out of bed and turn it off because That's the whole obstacle. If I can get two feet on the floor, 
I'm not crawling back in bed unless I'm just not feeling good that day or whatever. Like once I'm up, I am up and going. So I think that's the very thing that I've found out about myself that I've had to figure out a way to overcome. And that's putting that alarm clock somewhere else that actually forces me to get two feet on the ground. And then I'm a real big proponent of how you start your day is how the day is going to go. Like if you can win the morning, you're probably going to win the day. And so I have a couple things I do every single morning and I'm human. Don't get me wrong. There's mornings that things come up that I don't do it, that I do hit snooze. So let's just be honest there. Like I'm not a perfect human being. I try to be as disciplined as possible, but some mornings I hit the snooze, I crawl back in bed. Like it is what it is. But for the most part, every single morning to be successful, I meditate every single day for a minimum of 10 minutes. Meditation is a game changer in my life. Meditation is like what a curl is to a bicep. It allows you to block everything, be clear minded. Started this practice about two years ago. It's been amazing. I drink plenty of water. I try to drink 32 ounces of water every single morning within the first hour of me being awake. I try to get in some type of a workout, whether it's lifting weights, whether it's walking on the treadmill, whether it's doing yoga, whether it's stretching, just anything to get your body in motion and then self-development. So I either read a book or I listen to a book. I try to for a minimum of 20 to 30 minutes every single morning. And then to cap the morning off, I'll plan out I like to plan out the day the night before. Just to be honest with you, I take 10 minutes just to jot down a couple things. But then I revisit, hey, what's on the list today? Do I need to add anything? And then I just have those three. My rule is always three. So I have three absolute tasks that I'm going to do today before the day's over. I'm going to get done. Because as I accomplish those tasks, I mark them off is what I do. You can also put a check mark by it. But that means I win the day. I told myself I was going to have three things I was going to accomplish that day before the day was over. I accomplished them. I won the day. Like, what else can you do? Like, if you win every single day, you're going to win the weeks. You win the weeks, you win the months, you win the months, you're going to win the years, you win the years, you're going to have a hell of a life, like is my real firm belief. So it's all about what we do today. I agree with that. I mean, honestly, your morning routine sounds very similar to my morning routine, at least Monday through Friday. Now, Saturday is a totally different deal, and so is Sunday for me. But I totally agree. The only thing that I add in there that was a game changer for me is the five-year journal. So I've played around with a lot of journals. I looked at Michael Hyatt's journal for a long time, and it was honestly just too long. It was just too many questions to answer. And so I got to where there's like four or five sentences that I could write every single day. And I do that in the morning. So that's been a big thing for me. There's a great book, 5am club written by Robin Sharma, Robin Sharma. We'll link that in the podcast notes that just goes real in depth into the psychology of getting up at 5am specifically in those routines. And so to me, I love to be able to see the threads of successful business owners, whether it's insurance or anything else, you begin to see the commonalities And look, there are people that are very successful that stay up late at night, right? They have their routine. So whatever that is, that they have some routine that they stick to. And so I think that it's not a surprise that you've obviously been very successful in your insurance agency and in your coaching business because you have a consistent routine that you stay on. So kudos to you. And I think for all of us, I think it's like knowing what we need to do, but the execution part of it and bridging that gap between knowing and actually doing is one of the biggest. Uh, we had a podcast guest on Dick Biggs. I think, Chris, you probably remember him saying that the biggest gap in life is the bridge between knowing and doing. And so I totally agree with that. 
Well, and I love that you bring up journaling because part of my meditation practice, so I should have mentioned this, after I meditate for 10, 15, 20 minutes, I actually have a journal that I will jot two or three things down. And then also I do a grateful exercise. I'll write down like what I'm grateful for every single day. And I also say it out loud because I think it's important. But I love that you brought that up because that's definitely a practice I try to be consistent with on a daily basis. I think if I would have known 15 years ago that I would be doing the things that I'm doing now, I would have been like, well, you're crazy. That's a bunch of woo-woo stuff. I'm not going to do that. But the reality is, is it works. And we've got a podcast that's about to come out next week talking about mental health. John Lee is coming on. So by the time this podcast comes out, that podcast would have dropped. And so go back and listen to that because he talks about a lot about the importance of mental health. And what you just mentioned to me, I think is so important because yeah, the business side of the business, the systems and the processes and having those conversations. But you're no good for your team if you don't lead yourself first. And if you don't take care of yourself, I think it's the most selfless thing you could probably do for your team is to actually be the best version of yourself that you can be that day. Absolutely. Not only your team, but your family, your spouse, your kids. Like if you ain't taking care of yourself, you're probably not taking care of anybody else. Like you got to take care of yourself. You got to feel good about yourself. You got to love yourself. It's all about the love, man. Leading with love. And obviously that's a totally different conversation that we're not going to get into today, but you got to lead with love, man. You got to lead yourself first before you can lead anybody else. I do agree with you hundred percent on that, Bradley. And two things that you mentioned in passing that really got my attention and are very admirable is don't break integrity with yourself like that went deep. You know, that definitely touched me in a special place because I often think about that anytime that I write down what I'm going to do, if I don't accomplish something that I wrote down, like if I write it down, it has to get accomplished. Otherwise, it's just the worst feeling. And I feel exactly what you're saying. It's like, oh my God, I didn't do this. Like I broke integrity with myself, which leads to so many things. Like if I don't have integrity with myself, what other commitments am I breaking? So it goes back to like self-love and self-respect as well. And I'm a big believer that self-respect has to be earned. It's not something that you just give yourself. Otherwise, it's just blind cockiness, quite frankly. And one other thing that I really like is that how you start your day the night before. Because it's basically like how all battles are won before they're fought. Absolutely. Yeah, two great habits of yours that I think should be replicated by other people, including myself. For sure. I mean, a biggest thing is, and this has been something I've had to really grow and learn is if you do break integrity with yourself, like it is what it is. Don't beat yourself up too bad, even though like I do beat myself up. Like when I hit (laughs) snooze in the morning, I'm like, oh man, this is not how I want to start the day. And so the biggest thing is don't get caught up on that because guess what? You can't change it. The only thing you can change is what you do tomorrow is what I'm talking about. If you get to the end of the day, you broke integrity with yourself. Yeah, does that suck kind of? Yeah, that sucks. But don't beat yourself up too hard. Just make sure that you don't create a routine of breaking integrity with yourself. That's the biggest thing. Like you don't want to create bad habits for yourself because that's like digging a hole and then you got to get out of the hole. Boom. I personally don't have any more questions. I don't know about you, Bradley, but I think we're ready to go to the E9. The world famous E9. Are you ready for this? Let's roll. What's your favorite book that you've ever read? The book, I don't know if it's favorite, but the book that I listen to on repeat every single day for two years straight, every morning on the way to work, every morning on the way home from work, Psychology of Selling by Brian Tracy. I've got a book by him as well that I strongly like. It's like something about self-confidence. I can't think of this specific title, but it's really, really good. Brian Tracy is uh, brilliant. What book would you recommend the most to others? 10X Rule by Grant Cardone or Chop Would Carry Water by Josh Medcalf. When you're not running your agency or coaching others, 
What do you love to do in your free time? My wife and I absolutely love to travel. We travel three to four months every single year. That's been tough right now. COVID has got us in a situation. That's right. So <laughs> this year has been a little different, but we love to travel. We love to travel. What has to happen in a day for you to call it a great day? I have to win my day. I have to check off those two to three things I say I'm going to do that day. All right. Since you love to travel, what's the favorite place you've ever been to? My favorite, Japan. I love Japan. Love the culture there. Love the architecture. New Zealand is a very close second. What's one thing you can't live without? That's a fantastic question. Something I can't live without. I'm very goal driven, I guess. H2O. Drink about a gallon of water a day. <laughs> That's the most practical answer we've ever gotten. Water. Oh, shoot. <laughs> no, I don't know, man. That's a great question. Hey, on Micah Cannon's podcast, he answered it with cold brew coffee. So I guess cold brew, water, whatever. One place you want to travel to that you have not been able to get to yet? It's a toss up between like an Italy, Spain, France trip or African safari would be cool. Oh, yes. What's your favorite app on your phone? Oh, man, guys, I know I'm 32, but I'm not the best tech savvy guy in the world. So I would tell you the best app I have is Facebook because it's a free platform that allows me to market my business and generate income and keep up with people for networking and things like that, for sure. Speaking of Facebook earlier, you were saying how Facebook is actually the best way to get in contact with you. So we're going to make sure to include all the details for Facebook, like your website, email, everything. But you were saying that Facebook is definitely the best way to get in contact with you and stay up to date with what you're doing, correct? Absolutely, yep, yep. At the Michael Weaver is the easiest way to, to stay in contact with me. Facebook, and obviously this is not the question, but Facebook's just powerful, man. I haven't spent a dollar on marketing in four years for my businesses. And a lot of that comes from the ability to network with people for free on Facebook and get them to build that no like trust factor. So that's why I told said that, that that app is my favorite, just because it allows you to build relationships without having to be in person. It allows them to see you as much more as just an insurance agent. It allows them to get to know you personally so you can build, like I said, that no like trust factor. So it is the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. It's our last question on the E9. What is the best piece of leadership advice you've ever been given? I'll go with two here. Lead by example. Treat others the way you want to be treated. If you're not willing to do the work, like I'm just a big believer that if I'm not willing to do the work, I don't know if I should expect others to do the work. So leading by example, and then always the ability to stay motivated. So always developing, always having these big goals and creating paths to achieve those goals, creating action plans. Again, it goes back to my whole philosophy of you're either getting better, you're getting worse. There's no middle road. And so I would tell you those two things from a leadership standpoint, lead by example, and always, always having big goals. Michael, it's been great having you on the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. As we just mentioned a minute ago, the best way to get in touch with you is on Facebook, but you want to give everybody a little bit about Weaver Sales Academy and how they can get in touch with you there and how you can help agents. Yeah, yeah. So Weaver Sales Academy, it's been a blessing. It's my passion. It's my why helping other insurance professionals really succeed in business. And so the gist of what Weaver Sales Academy is, is it's uh, the website is you can look at it, weaversa.com. So Weaver and then 
So W-E-A-V-E-R-S is in Sam, A is in apple.com. And so my program consists of really three or four different parts. So you've got the website that has over 500 training videos on it, not only from a sales conversation standpoint to train your team. That's why I originally even created Weaver Sales Academy was selfishly for myself to give me more time back in the office so I can train brand new team members without any insurance experience, can get them up and going in a full-blown sales conversation, closing business average about six and a half to seven days, which is really, really powerful. So you can start that, you can start getting that ROI and you, the agent, you, the team don't have to devote the time to the training. So boom, I've got the sales conversations that I teach, but not only that, I also have processes and systems, everything I've ever done. I've got recorded on video training and also obviously on paper that agents get I lead live trainings every single Wednesday and Tuesday. We have live trainings. I also have mastermind calls where I bring in guest speakers. But yeah, Weaver Sales Academy is the name of the business. The easiest way to get a hold of me for that is obviously the website. Contact me at the Michael Weaver on Facebook. My email, obviously, Michael at WeaverSA.com. But yeah, it's been awesome. Tons of results. If you check it out, you'll see tons of testimonials. It's been a blessing and helping a lot of agents. Michael, thank you so much for your time, sir. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you guys. This has been awesome. Uh, Again, it was a pleasure. I appreciate you guys even reaching out to me and asking. Um, Definitely humbled by it. So great getting to know you guys. I, I appreciate you two both very much. You'll come back on in the future. I'd love to. Man, anytime you want to talk business, I would love to talk about this. This is fun. I dig this. This is what I live to do. Hoping others, shoot, if only one person benefits from this podcast, it's a win. So yeah, love it. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Let's do it. Bradley, I know I say this all the time, but I am so grateful that Michael came over. I say that about all of our guests, but I really do mean it because we have brilliant people that we're speaking to, and that's why they're on a podcast with us. The thing that really stuck with me is that you're always either getting better or getting worse. There's no in between, and that's why you have to be a self-development junkie. Like That's why you have to invest in yourself and make sure that you're doing whatever it is that's going to help you become successful, whatever that means to you. And if you ever find yourself in a situation where you think you don't have enough time or whatever the case may be, you simply might not have your priorities straight, which is totally okay. It's okay to accept that, face it, and then put in a plan and action to actually get over it. What did you take away, Bradley? Well, number one, I would agree with you completely on the self-development. I mean, you're right. We're having these people on for a reason. They're really good at what they do. And almost to a person, they all spend the time and the money, but most importantly, the time on their own personal self-development, period. They do. And clearly by that podcast, people will pick that up. And number two, just the importance of systems and processes. And I just want to add my own spin on this is that that's why I asked the question about what are those fundamental foundational systems that you need to have? Because it'd be nice to have everything booked out in your business, in your insurance agency. But what are those few that you need to have? And he talked about the importance of just having that multi-line sales conversation. Number two, just the training platform. And then number three, being really consistent in how you structure your meetings, specifically your one-to-ones. And so I think you're better off to take maybe 20% of the systems in your office and have those baked out 80% of the way, instead of trying to have 80% of the processes in your office, maybe laid out 20% of the way, which is typically what happens. So I thought he did a great job and 
hope to have Michael on in the future. If you will want to get in touch with him, obviously he talked about he's real active on Facebook. Reach out to him on Facebook or you can check out his website at weaversa.com, weaversa.com. And hey, you know what? Everybody's wanting to grow their business. In this time, a lot of people are shopping for their insurance. You probably don't have time to figure out Google and specifically how to figure out Google pay-per-click. Why don't you reach out to our friends, Matt and Maddie Jones at Direct Clicks Inc. That is directclicksinc.com. They're great people. They'd love to take care of you. So reach out to them today, directclicksinc.com. Chris, another great episode. Look forward to our next one. And until next time. Lead well. And stay classy. 